Hello, everyone, and welcome to Showhoppers. Today, we are excited to be covering Mrs. Davis, Season 1, Episode 1, the series premiere, Mother of Mercy, The Call of the Horse. I am Mr. Sal, a high school science teacher, watching Mrs. Davis for the first time because it just dropped. And I'm doing so with my friend, former student, and co-host, Kurt. Hello, Kurt. Hi, everyone. I'll say this right now off the bat. The titles of these episodes are quite long-winded, which will make them a lot harder to remember. (laughs) (laughs) Mother of Mercy could be its own title. The Call of the Horse could be its own title. They put them together. Well, wait till we get to episode two. I can't even understand it. I'm wondering (laughs) if you can. (laughs) Well, Kurt, here's what I do know. We do not consort with show hoppers. We are the show hoppers. Exactly. And we we have hopped shows to Mrs. Davis because... I, at least, I uh, can't speak for you, although I think you, you're, you're there, almost there. But I am a huge Damon Lindelof fan. Very excited to be watching this. Uh, and I, of course, want to mention that Damon Lindelof is an executive producer and writer on this show. He is not the showrunner of this show. The showrunner is Tara Hernandez, who uh, is from The Big Bang Theory and Young Sheldon. So, uh, But they are co-executive producers, co-writers. So I consider this... Uh, Damon Lindelof's uh, next project, and so I'm excited to be watching it. I, I'm pretty excited too. I mean, you you introduced me to the Watchmen universe. It's probably my favorite Lindelof IP. But uh, mm-hmm. we've been covering Lost, and we're still covering Lost. Check that out. <laughs> yeah. And my, we've already covered my favorite series ever of all series, not just Lindelof series, The Leftovers. So this is uh this is exciting. So, but without any further ado. Let's try to take a guess at each other's ratings. Ratings. For those of you new to show hoppers, our first uh, little segment here is we try to guess what the other one rated this episode on a scale from one to 10. Now I know a bit about Kurt, what he likes, what he doesn't like. And I am going to say, well, I, of course, have to notify listeners that Kurt discounts pilots. He'll tell you you that it's very fair prejudice, but it is a prejudice nonetheless. He goes into pilots (laughs) thinking. Fair (laughs) prejudice. He goes into pilots thinking, oh, no, this is going to be. This is no, going to be drudgery. No. I'm going to hate this. <laughs> this is the worst. I don't know any of these characters. I didn't watch any trailers. So uh, <laughs> anyway, no, he, I, and you did. I know you did. But, uh-huh, yeah. but uh, this is this is the, 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 a theme with you is that pilots usually end up rated lower than other episodes because they're new, they're disorienting, they're confusing. And uh, this certainly is confusing this certainly is kind of all over the place from 1300s paris to modern day reno like and everything in between there's there's a lot going on here uh and we're talking specifically about the first episode here um i think you liked it enough to keep watching but we're going to keep watching anyway so whether you like it or not <laughs> but uh but i don't i don't think you loved this first episode i think you gave it an 8 out of 10 so you don't think you don't think i can use my veto power to stop us from watching the series anymore 
Well, you're not going to stop me from watching. <laughs> covering the series. Uh, I don't know. Who's, who's in charge right now? I can't remember. Who's, who's got the power? I don't remember. Yeah, okay. I think. <laughs> but I defending my pilot point here, okay? And I think this is a fair thing to say, is I don't go in with prejudice against pilots. But pilots, you know, they're introducing you to the story that's going on. You're not engrossed. You don't know the characters that well yet. They just have a disadvantage for the most part, right? They have to introduce you to the characters. You don't know them yet. So they can't be like that complex of characters because you don't know them that well. I guess they could be complex, but you wouldn't really understand it that well because they don't have enough time to show you all that stuff. There are some pilots I do like. I'll always say that. The Ozark pilot, I like that a lot. Okay. I, I, I think there have been two pilots since Ozark that you've liked more than Ozark that we've covered. Which ones? Watchmen being one. Watchmen was one. I do like and, the pilot. But even more so than that, The Last of Us. You gave a 10 out of 10. That's a little different. <laughs> just, just because just because it was two episodes in one. It was. Also, and yeah, I yeah. knew the game. So yeah. uh, The Watchmen's a little different. Or not Watchmen. The Last of Us one is a little different. But The Watchmen one, yeah, I do like The Watchmen pilot a lot, too. But for this pilot, it's a pilot. You're really into Lindelof. They've got the whole, you know, there, there's, I do know you like, you know, the church angle of things when they bring in Christianity, Christianity and relate uh, stuff to it. And they had that with uh, seeing Simone and her sisters and whatnot. I think you enjoyed seeing that. Uh, it got really action packed in there. I think you liked the episode. And you were really excited for what's happening next. I think you gave it a nine out of ten. Okay. Uh, to be clear, like, mm-hmm. I, I I am interested in series and movies that explore religion and faith, uh, not because I'm like a zealot, but mm-hmm. I, I have a relatively complicated relationship with religion. So, uh, which I'm, I'm not going to go into it here, but it's it's complicated so uh so anyway it's 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 an interest of mine it's not like it's not your life it's not my life so anyway you're not a priest you're a teacher i'm not (laughs) so anyway uh you got me right i gave it a nine i i really i really i I don't know if you know how much i love some of the actors in this series either because i've I've (laughs) deliberately tried not to talk about it but oh, Bet- really? I, no. Betty Gilpin. I love Betty Gilpin. I, I'll be, I don't know. I don't know any actor in this series. Okay. Uh, yeah. Well, you you do though. But I'll tell you in a minute. Um, <laughs> but <laughs> you do that. <laughs> but Betty Gilpin, who plays Sister Simone, uh, I love her. I was a huge fan of Glow on Netflix. Um, Glow was. I don't know, did you ever watch Glow? I have no idea what that. Okay, is. Glow was about an all women's wrestling league in the eighties, and Betty Gilpin. Like a true story or? Uh, well, I mean, there was an all women's wrestling league in the eighties, but it wasn't these people. So, oh, okay. so like, I mean, it's based on a true idea, but mm-hmm. but, but not as not the whole story. Anyway, um, Betty Gilpin played one of the two main characters on that series, and and she was phenomenal a great great series by the way unfortunately given the hook by netflix after three seasons so anyway so she's she's i love her i was super excited to see her she's also been in a damon lindelof movie called the hunt which is i believe the only damon lindelof movie that i have seen so 
Which is uh, really good, right? Uh, <laughs> it wasn't great, but she was great. So uh, she's terrific. Anyway, um, so I love her. Uh, the other person you would recognize from this episode uh, is the the Mother Superior, Margot Martindale. You would Patty? No, I don't know but I always get those two confused. No, it's oh, not Patty. Glad. It's not. It's not. She, <laughs> I always get Margot Martindale confused with the actress who plays Gladys in The Leftovers, mm-hmm. not Patty. Um, she's not her, but you know her from Dexter. I do. Is she, is she the person who stores all the evidence? I believe so. She really like likes the secretary. Key, really likes key lime pie. Then yeah, that, uh, I think that I think that's the person who stored because I think yeah. Dexter bribes her with key lime pie. Pretty sure. Well, yeah. uh, was that, someone is on their deathbed and Dexter brings them key lime pie. That's, that's probably her. that lady. It's her. And yeah. I think she's the evidence lady too. I don't remember that, but I, I think, do remember someone on their deathbed and Dexter yeah. wants key lime pie. Yeah. So she well, she's terrific. I love her. I, no offense, but how am I supposed to remember that? <laughs> that's really <laughs> niche. <laughs> No, you don't have to. I'm not offended by that. That's fine. <laughs> but uh, and the other person that I really enjoy is Wiley. I know from what we do in the shadows. He is oh, Jesk. Okay, yeah. Jesk. But, uh, his name's Jeff, but one of the vampires can't pronounce it and always calls him Jesk. <laughs> anyway, uh, so I love I love the performance in this in the performances in this episode. I was really into the story. Uh, I I've watched that trailer for this. Uh, probably a dozen times at least so uh, the, and a lot of what happens in the trailer came out of these first two episodes which is so, good yeah that is good uh so so that was good I, you know, I said oh i've seen this oh yes i know what she's about to say so so that was pretty cool but uh really this it's really worked for me on a lot of levels uh in a lot of ways it's it's a little bit um derivative of of kill bill have you seen kill bill no, I've not. Okay, I mean, there's like the over the top gory bloodshed, like it, oh yeah, like yeah, way yeah. over the top. Some beheadings, know, yeah, spurting, yeah. and everything else. So, <laughs> um, th- so there's that part of it. There's you know the 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 woman on a motorcycle running around kicking ass. Like there's there's all kinds <laughs> of of like similarities between those two. But I do love Kill Bill too. So uh, whatever, that's okay. Uh, this is like Kill Bill plus some extra religious stuff. So that's pretty great. Uh, there we go. Nine yeah. out of 10. Yeah, you were very excited waiting for I, this yeah. uh, series to release. You've been so anticipated for Oh, that. chomping at the bit. <laughs> yeah, so, so it had a lot to live up to because my expectations were very high. Mm-hmm. So, oh, uh, I don't think it was perfect. Like th- th- I, there were some bits that I was a little confused about, and uh, that just didn't work quite for me. Uh, I have watched this first episode twice now, so I- I'm a little more familiar with the first one than with the second one. But um, but I, we're not even on the second one yet. So I I predicted an eight out of ten for you. What did you give it? So I wrote down seven or eight. Yeah, uh, I was. I, I mean, I'm in between it. I'll. Mm-hmm. I will tell you. What, I'll land on seven. You can talk me up to eight. We'll see. Oh, wonderful! As you, as, as you go through it, and <laughs> I, I have, I have a quest. Exactly. There you go. There's your quest. I. The. I'll, I'll start with the good parts. After oh, I was digging this whole nun angle of living in a sisterhood, 
Mother Superior. I don't know why, but I was into Mother Superior and, you know, her She's having Margo like Martindale. Yeah. <laughs> She's a person who had the evidence in Dexter. Great. Yes. I, so I was really into this, this idea of the sisterhood. And I like the ending of the episode a lot. But besides all that, it's just it feels like a fever dream. I don't know. Do you do you ever get <laughs> fever dreams, Mr. Cell? I know not everyone does. <laughs> uh no, I, I really haven't. And we don't when I get a fever on show hop. No, we don't. <laughs> <laughs> and I won't get into it, but if people know what I'm talking about by a fever dream, this episode reminds me of one. It just keeps going to something to something to something to something with seemingly no connection. There is a connection, don't get me wrong. Mm-hmm. Not always actually. But it's just <laughs> You know, well, you go in the back room. There's Germans back there. You go over here. Oh, there's an exterminator. Oh, you're, you know, there's someone who's been watching you, part of the resistance. You know, it's just. There's a magnifying glass on top of the truck. Exactly. I had to yeah. blow up all your jam to, because <laughs> we'll see in the next episode. Because the AI plant, well, they talked about it this episode too, but it's just, there's, there's just so much going on. And I, I'm looking at it and I'm like, what's important? <laughs> Is it all important? It might well, be. And that's what I don't know. I I don't mm-hmm. know if it's all important. I I feel like it is. Lindelof, to some extent, usually yeah. at least since you know post Lost, Lindelof has been really good about showing what you what you need mm-hmm. and and making it all matter. It's just so fast paced. Oh, it's it like is. it's like <laughs> is it all what I need really? Is this so much? It, this could have been a great like ten minute episode or twenty minute episode. Uh, it's so fast paced. Uh, I just. Listen, it might age like a fine wine, and uh-huh. the way I felt about it after I finished watching it was, if this was a weekly series, and it was not from like Lindelof or like someone I had known in the past, I probably would have stopped watching after episode one. Oh. Okay, a good chance I would have stopped if I could not immediately watch episode two, or if we weren't covering it for a series. Right, but it is Lindelof, right? And I did like you know the last I've liked this series in the past, so I would uh-huh. probably give it you know I, I would give it more of a shot. And I don't have to wait week to week. They dropped the first four episodes immediately, so I, I can watch the second episode the next day. That's mm-hmm. good, too. But if this was a week-to-week episode and I didn't really know the showrunner or anything whatsoever, I, in all honesty, I might have dropped this entire series after mm-hmm. the first episode. Mm-hmm. Just because it's okay. so fast-paced. And I'm like, whoa, this is <laughs> – I don't know if this is for me. That being said, I do love like this overreaching concept. I mean – the series is made. Uh, do you know when they started production on it? Oh, well, like Tara Hernandez it? came up with the idea like during lockdown and COVID. Okay, so even better. Yeah. Because, I mean, this isn't the first take on AI. There's other things in the past with like evil AI. There's DOX Machina. There's, oh, what, what's the evil AI? Oh my God, it's killing me. The, the Red Dot AI. Are you talking about 2001 A Space Odyssey? Space Odyssey, yes. Okay. What's the name of that AI though? Hell. Uh, Hell, yes, that's exactly yeah. the name. Yeah, that. <laughs> but like so there's been takes on AIs in the past of you know what happens with the advent of AI. Currently, what we're listening to, you know, if you're listening to this podcast now, you've probably seen the news a lot with Chat GPT and all this other AI stuff coming on and about. People are constantly talking about it. I hear from people all the time <laughs> about AI and whatnot. So it's 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 actually like a relevant topic uh for the given for what's going on right now which is pretty cool you know i i like that a lot and that's really intriguing to me as well so i'm really interested yeah. to see the angle to go with that 
Uh, but that being said, in this episode, ah, it's just it's just a lot going on. <laughs> it's a lot. It, I, it's a lot going on. I totally on. agree. It was it was a lot. It, it it's was a like lot. you got guys shaving potassium nitrate off a of cat poop. You got uh, oh my goodness, I forgot all about that person. Yeah. I forgot all about that. What's going on with that? Right. I mean, you, you got a, the literal like burning at the stake and like a, a woman with a sword through her right. torso. That stuff's all right. But <laughs> she's got a sword through her torso, jumping at a guy's face and stabbing him with the same sword. <laughs> like you've got, um, you know, motorcycles jumping through donuts. You've got a hatch. You've got Germans in the kitchen. You, you've got Germans in the kitchen. You've got a hatch a la yeah. lost. <laughs> exploding jam i mean you've got so much stuff you're right there's so much stuff going on uh so yeah so it's it's this is a non-stop episode yeah it is i I totally get it uh i i think i'm really like especially having watched it a second time i'm going to really try from this point forward to focus my attention on what are they trying to say about religion versus technology, faith versus technology? That, that's kind of the, been the tagline of this since it was announced. You know, mm-hmm. untitled Damon Lindelof faith versus technology series. Like, that's what it was called before it was famous. <laughs> really? So, yeah. So, so, like, it's it's there. And, and I I think if I'm picking up on it right, and, and this episode does do a pretty good job of it, it's not so much that they're pitting one against the other and taking sides mm-hmm. the way i see it they're trying to draw parallels and similarities between the two what do you mean so well, yeah go oh, ahead. oh I'm, i was thinking of the sisterhood and well what are you thinking so all these people are trying to get their wings right they're yeah. trying to now Can you talk about that in this episode not, or next episode? Uh, it's mentioned the the okay. guy running the the shaved ice stand says i'm just trying to get my wings um mm-hmm. sister simone says it to the waiter with the swedish meatballs she says i know you're just trying to get your wings so that's why i don't mind mentioning it now we don't know yeah. what wings are yet but ages look a fine wine yeah. <laughs> yeah but we've got all these people who they go to mrs davis for quests to get their wings to make them feel good about themselves and it's villainized by Simone, right? She mm-hmm. won't even talk to Mrs. Davis. But she goes to Jay to get quests to make herself feel better about her life. Yeah. Like, and so it's, it's, it's the same concept. She's just doing it a different way. She's not going to an AI. She's going to this you know, restaurant, whether or not the restaurant is real. Well, you know, we can talk about later. But um, this is... So, so there, there's that parallel, right? Uh, mm-hmm. You've got the parallel of she's being basically tortured for not participating in this AI, right? Yeah, yeah. Not right. So like, I mean, it's coming. The AI is coming after her. As I mean, it's as literally recently. taken away <laughs> everything she has. Yeah, to right? her covenant and yeah, yeah. So, so it's coming after her. And the the very first scene of the episode is a religion mass killing an organization a group yeah of the templars yeah yeah so like i it is that's been that was the most interesting thing to me on second viewing was i don't know why i wasn't looking for it on first viewing i think i was looking for 
more of the adversarial, here's the faith, here's the technology, they're going to butt heads. Uh, but what was, what's been more interesting for me is here's the faith, here's the technology, look how similar they are. Two, two so, sides of the same coin, yeah. Yeah, so anyway, I mean, even to the idea of proxying, right? The, so the, the teacher at the end yeah, yeah. You know, is going to proxy. So it'll be like you're talking to Mrs. Davis. You know, she's got Mrs. Davis in her ear and she's talking to Simone. Now, we don't know if that's actually what some, what Mrs. Davis is saying. Simone doesn't know this. We're not hearing Mrs. Davis directly. It's being passed through this this person. <laughs> I, so, here, I, I have to say this as well. When they talk about proxying in this episode, okay. I was like, I get that. You know, if you don't put on the earpiece, but the earpiece gonna like jump into your brain or something, just give her the earpiece. <laughs> just, so just let her listen to her directly. I have an idea about that. Yes, but but let me let me finish my thought first, and then I want to get back well, to this really okay. interesting point. So the 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 proxying is almost exactly what a a priest, minister, religious clergy person would oh, be doing as a right. proxy for God, right? Exactly. Mm-hmm. So so it. That was really cool. Uh, getting back to your point now, though. Yeah. Why um, not give her the earpiece? Why not give her the earpiece? The way it's phrased is, do you, do you mind if I proxy? Would it be okay if I proxy? Because they want it. The proxy wants it as much as Mrs. Davis Oh, wants like this is like brownie points towards the, your wings? Not Well, not only that, but they, they want to be in the loop. Like, yeah, they want to they know what's going on. Yeah, it's just nosiness. <laughs> like, if they proxy, then they get to hear it too. So, because I did, I did think about that. Why don't you just give her the earpiece? Like, the, the first person, uh, the, the person who rescued the guy Schrodinger off the island just handed him the earpiece. Uh-huh, yeah, you're so right. So it can, it can be done. But I think these people just want to proxy. That's so, fair. Yeah. So anyway, I so I really did love so much of that stuff. Uh, I will say that Wiley and his whole crew in this first episode didn't really work for me very well. Yeah, uh, um, I agree. I, th- I thought that was the weakest part of the episode. Um, and... You know, whether or not I feel the same way in episode two, we'll talk about when we get to episode two. In the meantime, anything you want to add before we start getting to our next segment? Yeah, uh, just going through, like, how I felt throughout the episode was mm-hmm. intro part, back in the past, all right, you know, whatever. It's just kind of showing a bit of the Holy Grail. Um, present day-wise it's okay i i was like i said i was liking the nun stuff when we get into that stuff of um her on the run and (laughs) willie and and his crew and the germans and (laughs) all that (laughs) other stuff that i was just i mean i I was looking at it and it was all right but i was i don't know i i was not all on board (laughs) for that i was just like this is there's so much going on all at yeah. once. It, it was. But the ending was pretty cool, though. So, yeah. Anyway, I'm okay. ready to get... Uh, well, actually, before we... What do you want to get into? The recap? Or do you want to talk no, about No, no. I want, I want to guess our favorite scenes. All right. Okay. Okay. All right. So, I will take a guess at what I think your favorite scene was. Um, I had written down... And I'm just going to say that this is not my guess. That's I just wanted to be on the record that this is what I wrote down, just in case 
this actually is your favorite thing. <laughs> yeah, you're hedging. <laughs> yes, I'm hedging. Do. That's right. I had written down that you liked the Swedish meatball scene, the 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 <laughs> yeah, uh, I know the restaurant scene too. with the creepy, creepy family and the they're not you know, creepy that's when, all miss davis <laughs> when you're ready meet me in the olive room and all that stuff and and then you know the guy the the waiter um kind of freaking out once he realizes that, the, that he's in danger uh, but you've already criticized the germans a couple of times i have uh, uh, <laughs> and you've already lauded the last scene a couple of times so i'm guessing the last scene was your favorite scene Okay, and for you, initially, my, my guess was going to be last scene for you. Uh, specifically, uh, I just want to mention the last scene being when she's in the owl room with, with the kindergarten teacher yes. who's proxying for Mrs. Davis. Yeah, so we finally hear Mrs. Davis. Uh, I think you like seeing sadness portrayed. Of course. Uh, on television it's one of my shows. favorite things. So I think... For you, because you've also always wanted to do this to a group full of people, is the firing scene <laughs> to all the nuns. I've always wanted to fire a group of people. I think so. What? <laughs> First time listeners are going to think I'm some kind of monster. Sort of psychopath. <laughs> I'm a teacher. I have literally nobody under me. You have so students that you cannot fire. fire <laughs> you're like a boss but you can't fire yeah, yeah. so that's why you that's why you long for it you have a yeah. classroom full of kids oh, okay. you just can't do it okay. so for you even though i think you might pick the last scene i'm gonna say you picked the firing scene okay uh, do you want to reveal first or do you want me to reveal first i'll reveal first because yeah i did i did pick the last scene i mean that, that the last scene is just who i it's this would have been a way worse episode if it wasn't for the last scene because finally I, I'm starting to feel like okay, yeah. having seen the trailers, having seen what's going on, I know it's about Mrs. Davis, who's like an AI of some sort that has apparently done really good for the world that a lot of people listen to, but our main character Simone does not for her reasons, which we don't know the exacts. It's something to do with their father, but still don't know the exacts. But seeing this seeing her finally interact with miss davis and their conversation and how she has a quest ahead of her and for the holy grail which is kind of ridiculous i was thinking of it's the ultimate okay. MacGuffin. yeah it is it is the, the most ultimate MacGuffin. MacGuffin. yeah a very big cliche <laughs> and i was like oh the holy grail a bit random maybe the uh maybe the ai wants to get rid of the holy grail because it immortality or something whatever all right so yeah i want to do that but at least we've got we're, we're going somewhere here in the plot and it agrees to destroy itself and now now i'm asking myself questions of like oh so now is it like trying to trick her is it not like as wholesome as it says oh this is this is pretty cool i i think mrs davis is trying to trick her and it's not going to destroy herself destroy itself after getting the holy grail get getting the holy grail destroyed so i was a fan of the last scene it kind of, you know, got me excited. The this Queen of Hearts card it gave her and it having some sort of attachment to her. I was like, well, she talked earlier about magicians. I mean, is there something special in magic? I don't know about the Queen of Hearts. I thought the um 
What's like the the go to force card to show your like, like Ace of Hearts or uh, the, Ace of Spades maybe Ace of Spades I don't know there, there's like a yeah it's one of the aces but there's a go to card if you're good at forcing it's kind of like a a wink and a nod that hey I forced it on you the good old standard whatever so yeah I I enjoyed that and just the idea of proxying to me was pretty cool because immediately I was like oh we're gonna hear from Mrs Davis a lot but through different characters which right. I think is a cool medium. Hearing the same uh-huh, character, literally medium. Yeah, hearing the same <laughs> character through different conduits, different ventriloquist dummies. If you want to be mean uh, about it, <laughs> that's a great line. <laughs> yeah, oh, there's a lot of you know, there's a lot of good humor in the episode. But yeah, I, I like that scene a lot. It's a good way to end the episode. So yeah, yeah. So it was, you mentioned the of the idea of a force, and and I, I'm so bad at picking that stuff out. I love movies about magic and TV shows about magic. <laughs> like the prestige. I love the prestige. Uh, now you see me. I, I, I'm into those. So <laughs> this, I, I think we're going to have stuff forced upon us a lot. I, yeah. I'm thinking, I mean, especially after episode two, where they kept bringing up force to bring yes. it up here. Yep. Yeah. So, uh, and I'm going to fall for it. I guarantee it. I I'm terrible at saying, oh, this is a force. So, so we'll we'll see how that goes. So I'm so I'm glad they brought it up here. Uh, I love the ventriloquist dummy line because that, to me, is like wow. Okay. I, so I want I want to make sure that I'm I'm really clear about this and uh, that I have a lot of respect for people of faith. Uh, I have been a person of faith most all of my life uh, i'm still kind of a person of faith but not nearly to the extent that i used to be uh and a different faith actually so <laughs> so this is it's, it's interesting but um but for someone who's clergy to say to criticize someone else for proxying is very ironic to me that's very true. So, <laughs> yeah. So anyway, uh, so I, 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 well, I, I would capture that by saying, depending on the faith. Sure. But, yeah, absolutely. But but it does it does ring a little insincere to hear someone who probably you know evangelizes and 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 does mm-hmm. some missionary work or something criticize someone for. Uh, being a ventriloquist dummy when they proxy for someone else or or even if you want to give it more like general about it someone who's putting their heart and soul faith in this being in this yep. case the kindergarten teacher in mm-hmm. mrs davis mm-hmm. well you do it into whatever you know you might do if right. you're doing it in terms of faith so yeah mm-hmm. absolutely uh this scene is especially good having seen the second episode because so much of what gets discussed in the second episode came up in this scene and maybe we didn't think about it as much as we should have but when we see the second episode we can go back and think about how she was being chosen one yeah (laughs) only you can do this you are literally the only person who can fulfill this quest Mm -hmm. So and and the idea of being chosen one comes up in episode two. Um, I do love that Mrs. Davis, without any hesitation, just admits to all of the wrongdoing. Yes, I blew up your jam. Yes, I 
got you fired, bought your convent. Yeah, all that stuff. The the mango shaved ice, all that. That was all me. So it was almost Davis. Yep. It's like an honest Abe. Can I tell a lie? <laughs> and I do love how eagerly both of them take the deal here, too. You when they I mean? took the deal, when they took the deal, I went well. Miss Davis is like an all-knowing AI type of thing. Well, right. Miss Davis knew she'd take the deal. Yeah, and she <laughs> knew that it would be to her benefit, presumably. Yeah, but well, so this this is a, another thing I was just wondering, which I'll bring up now real quick, which is, what is Mrs. Davis' ultimate end goal? Like, as an yeah. AI, is is it to keep itself around? Or is it something else that it's aiming towards? That's that's a curiosity I have because yeah. perhaps it is all right with being destroyed and getting the Holy Grail because it'll accomplish what it was truly set out to do, which was maybe put the Holy Grail on top of this mountain or something. I, I don't know what it is. Well, she was destroyed, destroyed, though. She, she oh, you're right. It. I forgot. Yeah, get it yeah. destroyed. But what's the, basically what is Mrs. Davis like purpose as to what it's actually right. trying to accomplish by getting this Holy Grail? holy grail destroyed in soul quest so because there's obviously a purpose behind it what we hear it from the resistance in the next episode but at this point in this episode in episode one i was wondering what's 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 mrs davis thinking here because i'm i'm feeling like she's planned everything out so far but yeah what's the end game yeah yeah i i i know and now and i guess my one one thought that i have about that is that that if the holy grail is a metaphor for faith she wants Simone mm. to destroy it yeah. uh, because she's trying to replace Faith. Right? Be make itself all-powerful in a way. Right. At so, least more. So that's, a, that's a possibility. I don't know if that's accurate or not, but that's just something that I thought of. Anyway. That makes sense. You know, you had mentioned that there, there's a lot of funny stuff in this episode. Well, uh, what was your favorite scene? Oh yeah, I didn't tell you my favorite scene. <laughs> I I shared mine, and you just you, you know why yours. I didn't tell you my favorite. It's the same one. No, because you were right, and I didn't want to. Say really? It. Yeah. You were, no. I can't believe you got that. I, <laughs> I didn't even think it was. That. I didn't even think it was right. I did that as a joke, oh, which just man. which just goes to show that you must really want to fire people. <laughs> it no, wasn't my short list of favorites. When I seen it, I was like, oh, this could be my favorite. Scene. Yeah, I'll write I it down. So, so it's funny because I got. <laughs> like to the end of the of the episode and i was like well that end scene was clearly my favorite scene and i was like that's pretty chalky though um chalk can be fine Uh, but i was like was there any other scene i was like no i i think i probably liked the firing scene a little more and then when I watched it again, and the and the firing scene came up, I was like, "Oh my god, nom nom nom! Give me this! This is so I mean, great!" There's such good humor and <laughs> yeah. like a pot, like especially the Christian, you know, church, or within, oh, sorry, Catholic. The, the yeah, the, the these are these are out. Catholic. Yeah, the, the history of the Catholic Church um, throughout like the medieval times and whatnot, being arguably the strongest force in the world for a period of time. Sure, like yeah, absolutely. Having tithe, uh, making money, deciding who's king, the Crusades, queen. the Inquisition, exactly. Like, I mean, yeah, so absolutely. like a strong presence. And in modern times, you know, they have tax exemptions. There's, and this actually isn't just the Catholic Church, but just other churches in general, but sure. Vatican City as well. Of just, 
you know, is there monetary reasons, you know, they, for having them around? There's some mega pastors that are around that use it. And it's, it, there is the question of, is this just kind of becoming a business in a way? <laughs> and, yeah. or are, are they just doing this for monetary gain and value? And it would seem here, Mother Superior is saying, well, we are a business after all. And right. <laughs> right. Yeah, absolutely. So I, I love this scene for, for so many reasons. The humor to me comes from the fact that she's like sending the nun who's clearly <laughs> the oldest nun in a wheelchair <laughs> to who made to to rehabilitate donkeys. Yeah. There's <laughs> something really hysterical about that. And Very then another cancun. nun who's also not the youngest nun here to rehabilitate a reef. So it's like I don't know. There's a lot of humor in that. Um, I really, my favorite stuff from the scene, though, comes after she tells them that they each have $2,564. And we don't know the significance of that number yet, but it's clearly a significant number to Simone Mm -hmm. because that's what sets Simone off. When she hears that number, now she knows that this was Mrs. Davis who did this. Mm -hmm. And the the betrayal that she feels. I mean, she's got tears in her eyes as she's talking to Mother Superior. Like this is, this is her friend. This is like they they, they drink together on her birthday. Uh, this this birthday more so than you know any other birthday. Previous but, ones. Yeah, but this is this is her friend, and the, and the betrayal that she feels is palpable. It is really pretty amazing. And, and when she says that she bought the land of the convent. And she did all this stuff because I won't talk to it. And the the sunken feeling she must feel when the mother superior says, maybe you should, because now not only does she realize that Mrs. Davis has arranged this whole thing, but that mother superior has been part and parcel to it. She, she's, she, she's, been she's, she's been played into the hand. Yeah. Yeah, and, and now and and then my favorite, maybe my favorite line in the whole episode. Mm-hmm. I asked God for guidance; He sent me to her. So ah. now, so now, we're <laughs> really blurring that line between faith and technology, right? So, so anyway, that's great, great scene. I love this scene. So yeah, and and the whole scene is done with jam covering all the nuts. So, which is really interesting as well. All right. So you had mentioned that there's a lot of funny stuff here. I, I made notes of some of the things that I thought were the funniest things. Uh, I'm not sure if you did that or not, but in, in fact, I'm pretty sure you didn't do that. But, I did not. <laughs> I've talked about if there's something that, that you think of that just is, strikes you as, man, that was really funny. Uh, this is a good time to talk about it. But I, I, got, a, I got a big laugh out of not paris obviously <laughs> oh my god that that transition yeah <laughs> it was pretty great so the transition from yeah. 1302 to or 1307 sorry uh to present day not paris obviously <laughs> i love that i well i thought our first introduction to simone is really funny <laughs> Oh my just, god! It was hysterical. Just going go, going through these rounds. I it was a potential favorite scene. Oh, I saw that scene. I went putting that on the list. Short so far, <laughs> my favorite scene. Uh, uh, it was early on in the episode, but you know, coming on. A, first of all, coming on a horse. I'm going. Oh, 
title of the episode it's a long one it's a long one but i know the word horse is in there so So i gotta remember that and just she's kind of going with the bit for a moment until she kind of reveals the fact this is all one big you know magician act i think my favorite part of that was her doing cpr on the headless corpse yeah just blood pumping out they get the head and uh, you know, at that point, we don't know that it's fake. I, I mean, uh, I, I was, like, I was following a crazy character. I know, <laughs> I know. So that, that was really cool. Yeah, and uh, I, I, the ventriloquist dummy line I thought was great as well. That was funny. So. Um, Mother Superior bringing the drinks. <laughs> yeah, I know. I just thought that was funny. Yeah, it's party because I'm the mom. That's why. <laughs> <laughs> and the whole like shit, you know, when they're. When they're driving to get shaved ice, when all the nuns <laughs> kind of go, well, not just the signs that bait the person to go get the shaved ice, yeah. but all the nuns when they talk in unison of like, we can't, we gotta adhere no, to the budget. Stop, stick yeah. to the budget. Yeah, <laughs> like children. <laughs> Seriously, that's true. That was really funny. So, all right, yeah, that, that that's that's awesome. All right, well then, Kurt, I think it's time we enter the recap. Okay, we're going to do this kind of rapid fire style because we have another episode to get to in this podcast. So yeah, we do. We open in 1307 Paris with the burning of the remaining Knights Templar. There's a woman in red who I guess is probably Clara. I think but, so too. Yeah, yeah, so a woman in red who takes the boots off of uh off of one of them. And uh, that part I don't really get. She grabs the boots and she goes back to this group of women. They get accosted for the Holy Grail. There's an epic battle. One survives. It's Clara. And she takes the grail across the sea. Do you know what's going on with the boots? These boots were made for walking. Across the sea. Yes. Okay. I don't know what's going on with the boots. I thought maybe the grail was in one of the boots or something. I don't know. Anyway. The boot is the grail, actually. I don't know the shape of the holy grail, but it's actually very boot shaped. The thought did cross my mind. We do know the shape of the grail. It's it's at the end of the scene. She grabs it I know, off the table. I know yeah. we saw it. It was right there in plain sight. And they had to have a mass murder. Anyway. We jump to present day. Not Paris, obviously. And this, I don't know, this guy with a cat on an island makes a huge firework out of saltpeter that he shaved off tree bark and cat poop. And he gets rescued by a nearby ship. We come to find out that this guy is someone named Schrodinger. Which I assume is named for Erwin Schrodinger of Schrodinger's cat's fame. Right, he did have a cat. He did have a cat. Okay. Anyway, uh, and he his, was pretty smart. Yeah, I guess so. His rescuer fills him in on Mrs. Davis. She says, "There's no more famine or war. All who want a job have one." Mrs. Davis has united. Well, she doesn't call her Mrs. Davis. Just the AI has united us and healed us. She's given purpose to the purposeless. The algorithm fixed the broken world that he, that he remembers. So I actually really liked this bit of exposition about what this AI is I and, and why people are so interested in it, because that is something that I had not thought about before. So I, I, had, I knew what the series was about. I knew people were obsessed with the AI. And, and I also 
know what AI means to us right now. You've already talked about it. And that's as far as my you know monkey brain could get. This brought this all to a whole new level. Suddenly I realized, oh, we're like in a utopian society. Allegedly. Uh, that, yeah, yeah, allegedly, exactly. So she tells Schrodinger she knows you. If there's anything you want, just ask her. So th- this... I also am very interested in the idea of God as a genie, like God as a fairy with a magic wand. Because I think a lot of times prayers are just our, our wishes and they, and people who pray them think that God can, is going to wave a magic wand and make magic things happen. Right. Um, mm-hmm. There's a Regina Spector song called laughing with which was used actually in the leftovers during one of the matt episodes um and the the lyrics kind of go like um no uh, no one laughs at god in a hospital no one laughs at god in a war uh but god can be funny when he's pictured like uh a genie granting wishes or jiminy cricket or sam santa claus like because that's i think what a lot of people think of as God. So here this person is presenting Mr. Schrodinger with this AI. And the first thing she says is you basically make a wish. (laughs) So there's another parallel between faith and this AI. Anyway. Oh man. And I didn't, these are, by the way, all these parallels that I'm drawing between faith and, and uh, the, the technology I didn't even think about them the first time that I watched the episode. I surely it, didn't. I was too busy trying to figure out what's going on. No, like, no. I was like, where's the... I was watching so far, this far, and I'm going, where's the nun? <laughs> <laughs> Isn't this series about a nun? Is that the nun? That's the Holy Grail? Well, I mean, it's surely this isn't as disorienting as the opening of, say, Axis Mundi and The Leftovers. Well, the difference in Axis Mundi is I already knew what The Leftovers was about going into it. Kind of like I had, well, because no, I've already seen other seasons. Yeah. Well, I, oh, season, sorry. I've already seen season one. Right. Yeah. No, Kevin. I'm getting into season two and I'm, these are, this isn't the Garveys. No, it was a cavewoman. <laughs> <laughs> so, anyway. Oh, you're right. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. All right. Moving on. Uh, we go to Reno, present day. Uh, the There's a, a driver, um, is a woman seeming like, Maybe a sex worker, not quite sure. Um, but she avoids a cow and gets decapitated by a billboard. The cops show up and the passenger that was with the woman tries to bribe them because he's got a wife and daughters. Simone shows up on horseback and exposes them as not con artists, but worse, magicians. I, I, I think they're con artists. Because I don't Who think they're are. trying to do a magic hack. They are trying to like con them. Right, exactly. <laughs> Although, if you saw the poster, the woman is decapitated in the poster. Really? Okay. But anyway, so maybe it's part of their act anyway. But anyhow, um, once she has exposed them for the frauds that they are, the guy, the passenger gets a phone call and it's for Simone. She wants to talk to her. Uh, I, not she it very important to simone this this comes up quite a lot mm-hmm. so now simone goes 
to Jay's restaurant. Okay, I don't know if it's Jay's restaurant, but Jay works there. This, these scenes, the Jay scenes, got more interesting with everyone that happened. I know. Now I want to know more about them after oh two my... Jay's. The last episode of Jay's. I'm like, yeah. well, now I need to go back. Now I'm curious about the other Jay scenes. Yeah. By the way, oh, never mind. <laughs> we'll get there later in, in episode two. So Jay, who's the whoever the, the cook at this falafel place, has a new target for Simone from the boss. The boss is behind this hidden door. Not hidden. But this forbidden door. Uh, and the thing is, this new target is blank. I think that I took that as filling your own target, like choose your oh. own target day. Yeah. <laughs> oh man. Anyway, um, it's blank. And uh, Jay says, you know, why do you want it? Why do you hate this AI so much? You know, why won't you talk to it? Because she brings up the fact that the guy wanted or to, got the phone call and the AI wanted to talk to her. And he says, well, why, why won't you? And then she says, you know why? Because it killed her dad. So she doesn't want to talk to it. Jay warns her not to face her and in, in the most like dire way. It'd be a really bad idea to oppose her, to go up against her. And I don't know if you caught the next line that she says. She goes, Jesus, you're so serious. No, no, I <laughs> which remember. I thought was just an expletive at the time. But now, now I think she's calling him by name. Yeah, no, I, I mean, especially <laughs> after episode two, which we can talk about more. But yeah, yeah I think that's God behind that door. Yeah, I think so, too. <laughs> I think so, too. And J is the first letter in Jesus. So she calls him J. But yeah, interesting. That, that, that was very interesting to me. Anyway, Simone is very scarred. We see her getting dressed the next morning and she's very scarred. Um, we'll find out why in episode two, but um, she also she gets all nunned up, and nun life looks pretty good at this place, at Our Lady of the Immaculate Valley. It's uh, the, the, they play softball. Like I, you play and pick so up funny. softball, I'm in. Like I, I want to do that. So, anyway, you got enough people to play pick up softball. It's wonderful. Anyway, it's Simone's birthday, as it turns out. Cha cha cha, and uh, Margot Martindale is amazing with her kazoo and her cha-cha-chas. She, as Mother Superior, shows up in the stable where Simone is feeding cake to the horse, which I don't think that's probably very good for the horse, but whatever. Uh, it's once they a year. They love it. It's once a year. <laughs> they love sugar cubes. Maybe it was a carrot cake. <laughs> uh, anyway, <laughs> Mother Superior shows up uh, and she and Simone drink and she wonders what Simone's been up to other than exploit uh, exposing magicians. And she confirms that she's in love, but it's nothing sexual. Not in the traditional sense, anyway. All right, well, Mother is uh, off the bed, and the next day, they load up the jam, protect each bottle, each jar, like it's your, like your livelihood depends upon it, mm -hmm. which it did. Anyway, they load up the jam, but they get interrupted by a helicopter that lands... At the con on the convent property, and Mother Superior goes over. Whoever this woman is from the helicopter shows her her arm. Mother Superior tells them, "No pit stops. Deliver the jam. 
stick to the budget, and she takes off in this helicopter with this woman who has something on her arm. So, I mean, my presumption is after seeing episode two that this is an expiration day. An expiration day, yeah. That's what that's that's what I would assume. Okay. Which you may have to explain to me because I didn't quite understand that. <laughs> well, oh, oh, oh. do you want to explain it now or an episode? Yeah, two? Let's, let's talk about it now because I'm sure so, this woman has an expiration tag. So if it's an expiration tag, my understanding is that at least when JQ, which is a by source, <laughs> yeah, very was explaining it, yeah, is explaining the fact that you can, in an attempt to get your wings, you can go to I forget what the name of it was, like a pyramid group, a, a name of a facility you can go they, to. They did say pyramid. Yeah, it's Pyramid something. I forgot the exact name. But you go to this, you agree to sign away your life, you get an expiration date, and you might have a quest associated with it, but then once you do that, you'll get your wings, but once your expiration date comes, you gotta come so they can, uh, you know. Huh. Does it kill you? <laughs> yeah. Oh. Yeah, that's what JQ said, if I'm not mistaken. Wow. Okay. So, all right. Well, well, we'll have to see how that all plays out. But Mother Superior is off. Mm-hmm. They do the jam run for the first time ever without Mother Superior. And would you believe <laughs> it? There is free mango shaved ice on Tuesdays, and today is Tuesday. Of all mm-hmm. things, well, Simone susses out the vendor pretty easily, and the jam. Um, explodes because a guy with a magnifying giant magnifying glass on his truck blows it up and this is all at the at the behest of mrs davis this is so, davis really wants to talk to simone so this whole jam run failing the first time they don't have mother superior around i can relate to this immensely because i'll never forget <laughs> the first time i got to go biking with my sister and i without our parents I crashed horribly on my bike, broke my chain, and sustained pretty serious injuries. Oh, no. <laughs> and it was a very big walk and defeat home. And then my parents did not let me ride my bike for so much longer. Oh, no. So, so uh, these poor, <laughs> these poor uh-huh. nuns, hopefully nothing that bad happens to them, like they lose their jobs or something. That'd be terrible. <laughs> Uh, uh, I can also relate to this uh, this <laughs> this experience, but it was like the first time that I tried to do a Showhoppers podcast without you, uh, and uh-huh. I basically deleted all of our backlog, and then now you don't let me do that anymore. Yeah, yeah, that's what you get. <laughs> <laughs> I'm kidding. I did not delete our backlog. Anyway, I also didn't record a Showhoppers podcast without you, so, because that would be pretty boring. Hopefully this is not boring. Next scene, my favorite scene. My favorite scene. So we're not going to say any more about that. Everybody gets fired. The next day, Simone says goodbye to her horse, uh, and she doesn't get on that bus. Instead, she eats some wings, takes a photo of a creepy family, and gets summoned to the owl room at Eli McCoy Elementary, where she, or, well, you know when she's ready to talk about to uh, it. Mm-hmm. Oh, and she gets tranquilized by the Germans. Of course. <laughs> she's held prisoner by the Germans until she tells them where it is. But the problem is she doesn't even know what it is. Das Pony is strapped with dynamite. And this is when I started to be suspicious that these weren't real German speakers. Why? Bring, bring in Das Pony. 
Duff Pony. What? So, uh, for reference, for reference, for listeners, Mr. Sal kind of knows the German language pretty all right. I, I, I studied German in college. I, I, I minored in it. I didn't major in it, but I did study in Germany for a term. But at any rate, it was a long time ago too, so I don't remember a lot of German. But you know more German than the average American. But I don't think any native German speakers gonna say Das Pony. So. Now, see, I didn't see that. I didn't read into that at all. I went, okay. oh, of course, he's German. They say Das I mean, in Germany. I mean, these were these were like caricature Germans, though. These these were not like. See, you say that as if I'm supposed to be able to tell it. <laughs> I mean, if, if this if they wanted us to believe these were the real German like neo Nazi things they're supposed to be, because they said one of them was descended from. They did. Who was yeah. it? Uh, uh, episode two, but yeah, yeah one of them yeah. say that. Anyway, um, if they wanted us to really believe that, then they would have brought in somebody like Christoph Waltz. Like Christoph Waltz is amazing, by the way; he's a great actor. But like some somebody who like is legitimately scary when doing a really good American accent, but just German enough that you can tell. These people were like the nihilists from the Big Lebowski, if you know what I'm talking about. I don't I'm not seeing Big Lebowski. Yeah, now. but listeners probably know what I'm talking about. Um, the, you know, the, we are nihilists. We count for nothing. Like it, it's like the, it's like the caricature Germans. So, uh, so I was suspicious of them with Dust Pony. Anyway, it's strapped to dynamite. Then Simone pulls a really cool trick where she switches her handcuffs. Onto the guy and escapes, taking the detonator with her. This is this like an act of God or something? That's what I like. I, I that happened. I was like, is she just really skilled, or is that well, just? I like... think she's really skilled. I mean, we're going to okay. come to find out in the next episode that she's got some acumen where magic is concerned. That's true. You're right. Actually, so, I I didn't even think about that. Right, <laughs> but fact, so. It pays off, but I in the in the moment it was like, how did she do that? <laughs> it's ridiculous. So anyway, she uh, accepts rescue from Wiley on his motorcycle instead of the Albi Zap exterminator guy, even he though they're closer. apparently on the same team. But anyway, a chase ensues. They jump through a donut and they use the train to cut off their pursuers. There's a that's, secret That's boulder. a trope. That's a yeah, trope. Oh, the cutting off using the train? Yeah, yeah. Oh, most of this chase scene is a trope. <laughs> it's true. But uh, they, they, uh, there's a secret boulder trap door that's propped open by a can in, in the desert uh, for Wiley and Lizzie, as he calls her. Uh, she's very critical of his mustache. Not, not a fan. And he needs to get her to resistance headquarters. He's also convinced that this detonator is fake. And so he pushes the button because why not? It's fake. Uh, but it wasn't. The horse is dead, apparently. At least there's a big crater in the earth. After watching episode two, I'm not sure I'm not so sure the horse is actually dead, but we'll, we'll have to see about that. Time will tell. Uh, and she ditches him. She goes to Jay's place, which is flooded. And he gives her the actual ticket. It wasn't blank after all. He swapped out the real one for this blank one. The real one said Mrs. Davis on it. And he says, she not only knows that we're, you're coming for her, she wants you to. Now, I want to talk about a couple of things from this scene because uh, 
I having seen episode two, I wanted to go back and kind of pay closer attention to the J scenes. It seems to me because, uh, and this is, I know this is jumping ahead because in episode two, she's in the, in the piano field. Then yeah. there's a J scene and then she's back in the piano field. They do a similar jump here. Yes. She's on okay, the motorcycle cause... and then she's in Jay's place and then she's back on the motorcycle. Exactly. And I remember when that happened, I was like, oh, so I guess she just went back to the, like, you know, but it makes, I see what you're saying. <laughs> like the, the Jay's place is not an actual place. To exactly. Me, Jay's place is in her head. Like it's mm-hmm. a meditative state or something like that. So anyway, and I don't know if you noticed the first time you, or when you watched this, I certainly didn't notice it until I watched the second time. She takes the ticket. She walks away. She's chewing on the ticket. Oh, so even the first time she put it in her mouth. Yeah. Hmm. So, uh, so anyway, that, that was pretty interesting. Um, I don't understand the, the metaphor of the flood here. I mean, I know there's lots of biblical flooding, you know, uh, but the, the idea of Jesus or God needing a plumber because their falafel stand is, is flooding is a little strange to me. Specialization, Mr. Sal, it's a beautiful uh, thing. Okay, there you go. That's what it is. All right, so the, then we get to the owl room. Uh, we've already talked about this scene quite a lot. Mm-hmm. Right, so we'll we'll that's that's it. We, that's we, the episode. Got, the deal has been struck, and all is well. Which means it's time. To check the time. Whoa, what time is it, Mr. Sal? I believe it's TV time. Yeah. Ain't no time like a TV time. TV time, a great time. TV time is uh, an app that I use pretty regularly. Uh, It logs all of your episodes that you watch of television or movies for that matter. So every time I watch an episode of something, I tell it that I have watched the episode uh, and it keeps track of where I am and all the series that I'm watching. It also keeps track of when series are returning from hiatus or or in between seasons or when new seasons are starting. The reason I knew the date that Mrs. Davis was starting was because TV time was counting down the days for me. So I love this app. I, I use it for all of my stuff, but we love it on Show Hoppers because one of the things you can do after you tell it that you have watched the episode is you can give it a rating from one to five, one star up to five stars. You can also, and this is the really exciting part, vote for your favorite character in the episode. So we love to guess each other's favorite characters and see what the, t- the viewers on TV time have to say as well. Now, I would like to first, if if you would, Kurt, ask mm-hmm. you to take a guess as to whether you think, or I'm sorry, on a scale from one to five, what you think the viewers of TV Time rated this episode. Oh, man. It's either four or five. I think they said four. Well, you'd be wrong about that. Okay. They said five, 52%. Fair enough. Yes, indeed. I okay, had so my bets on that. I had my bets. Well, I believe that you voted for Sister Simone as your favorite character. I episode. think you did, and so did the people for Sister Simone. Okay, well, I certainly did vote for Sister Simone as my favorite uh, character in this episode. Uh, and did you? 
Yes, I did. Yes, you did. Yes, because that's the right move. And you know what? 99% of TV time viewers <laughs> agree with you. That might be the that's highest. highest. I think uh, that is the highest. Uh, yeah, there are. I do have like one TV series where there's only one character listed. Um, that's it's Kunk on Earth, uh, and and that was she's the only character listed, and so she gets that's not fair. every time. Yeah. That's not fair. Ninety nine percent, very very high. <laughs> that's really high. Yeah. yeah. So yes, you got it. We got it. I think nice. uh, that that's I think that's an easy consensus to come to. Oh, most certainly. I think next episode will be a bit of a you can think about it for the next one. And speaking of next episode, shall we move on to episode two? Let's. Okay. Well, episode two is titled Zwei Zipil mit Zeitung Wirtschaftung. So is that yeah. actual German or is that, that just all made up? Those words, with the exception of the peel, P-I-E-L, I don't know what peel is. The other words are all German. Okay. And the sentence does not make any sense to me. <laughs> um, I, I, so I, I'll tell you this, I tried Googling this. And what did you it, get? Well, when I Googled it, like I, I, I got that it, it does like a, a statement and then it says does not make much sense. Mm-hmm. So I, I so what do you think it means? And I'll play the statement. The, the translation that I got was two who play with si- with their side of the economy. <laughs> so see, I don't know what this translation is because I don't even know what like site really this is. But it says roughly to two you game with newspaper you manage. <laughs> okay, is newspaper in there or is that economy? Maybe Saitum is that newspaper? Um, I thought that was like side or part, but maybe it's newspaper. Who knows? The enigma. And play is not like play is spiel, S P I E L. Uh, and I couldn't find peel. Even I, I even got my old little vort, vort book, my, my, my <laughs> little um, uh, like dictionary, English to German dictionary, like physical dictionary. And I couldn't find P I E L in there anywhere. So, anyway, what you're going to do, I guess. <laughs> Some German words. That's the title of this episode. <laughs> All right. Well, Kurt, um, the penguin has left the cave, so let's take a guess at each other's ratings. Rating. podcast is getting a little long uh you know what i'm thinking well thinking i should have peed first anyway i'll guess your rating okay i almost certain that you liked this episode more than the first episode uh, i'm like 99 so i'm i'm as certain about this as the tv time viewers were that simone was their favorite character Question is how much more? Is that going to be like a saying you're going to say from now on? <laughs> you're not going to say 99. You're going to say, I'm as certain as TV time was that Simone was the favorite character in episode <laughs> one of Mrs. Yeah, Davis. probably. That's probably the way it's going to go. Okay, so can I ask you this? You try. Are you sticking with the seven on episode one? Mm, I don't know, yeah. I'll, I'll think about it. You'll know by the season recap. <laughs> great all right well i definitely think you like this better than episode one uh i think 
you liked the wrinkle at the end where they go back to Wiley and we find out that Wiley and Z Germans are in cahoots, maybe with Mrs. Davis, maybe not. Um, I think you like that a lot. I think you really like the flashbacks. I think you are in love with JQ's deck for the nun. Um, I uh, I wish I knew what you ended up giving the first episode, uh, but I'm gonna assume you bumped For all intents and purposes, say seven. Nah, I'm gonna assume you bumped it up to an eight, <laughs> and I say you, you give this a nine. I told you I just gave it a seven. Nah, <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna assume that you're lying to me. All right, it's a it's a it's a force. You you, you I you seem so enamored by this episode. I think you gave it a ten. Okay, I, I seem so. Ina- we just started talking about this episode. Yeah, you still, you seem so enamored. Okay, um, I did not give it a ten. I gave it a nine. Oh, okay. But I, I do also like gave it, it more than the first one. You gave it a nine. Yes, I did. Okay, you got me right. Yeah. Okay. Good. I did. Yeah. I, oh, this is. Listen, it's not as fever dream like. Right. Uh, <laughs> I I did like the JQ stuff. You know what? That presentation also felt nice. I, even <laughs> it was it was an interesting presentation, but I. I felt more knowledge of the universe now, and I'm getting the the I don't know if I want to say antagonistic, but the the, the resistance side of what's going yeah, on. With I mean, we've heard the good things, but yeah. we get to hear. I mean, some it's, of the it's, it's biased and probably unreliable, but it's it, it it's was another really, perspective. But but certainly, there's information in there that's true. There's probably some that's not as well, but there's mm-hmm. certainly some that's true. Uh, the whole like. Wiley dynamic, the ending, mm-hmm. uh, and that J stuff that's going on. It it's just and her flashback stuff. It's just yeah, it's not as fast cut pace as the first episode, and I like that a lot more. And Rosada did it really well, and so yeah. I gave it a nine. Yeah, I mean you know we we spent a big chunk of the early part of this episode in that flashback. Yeah. I mean, oh, yeah. So, so it's it's very easy. To, this is much easier to follow this episode. Mm-hmm. Oh, definitely. And I, I feel like it answers a lot of questions that you might have from the first episode. It informs a lot of what we saw in the first episode. Uh, like really, I, I I love this episode. This is fantastic. Uh, I I love the first episode too, but this one really like this is this is what I was kind of hoping for. Uh, and and I kind of and I got it. So uh, it's not perfect, but I, I have high hopes that I'm going to be dishing out some tens eventually in the series because of this episode. Mm-hmm. It, does, it certainly could be the case. I'm there's there's a lot of intrigue going on to me now. This this series has got me pretty paranoid now. It's oh. almost it's like <laughs> a it's like a weird who's done it, but it's not a it's not a who's done it. It's more of who does Mrs. Davy Davis have her tendrils into, and you know, it, just yeah, I have so many questions. So absolutely, I, and and it's it's really, it, it. This is why I say I, I. It reminds me a lot of movies like The Prestige or Now You See Me, like where like they're they're telling you up front, there's sleight of hand here, there's illusion here. You shouldn't trust or believe anything. Like the Monty, the the magician, Simone's father, mm-hmm. says, "Like don't trust me, right?" 
when he's saying that them. to his audience, I feel like Hernandez and Lindelof are saying it to us. <laughs> I don't know if you felt that way, but I definitely did. I, I think you can interpret it that way, especially now that, I, that you say that. Yeah. It makes sense. Yeah. So, all right. Well, uh, yeah. I, so I love this episode too. You love the episode. So wonderful. Let's, uh, let's try to guess each other's favorite scenes. Uh, I, man, I really felt like this was a slam dunk, but I'm going to be really sad if I'm wrong. Uh, I, I think JQ's deck is your favorite scene. I think JQ's deck's your favorite scene. It is. It is mine as well. <laughs> oh my god! It's both the funniest and also my favorite scene. Oh my god! It was just I. I had to watch it like twice just to catch everything because I'm I, laughing so hard. It, it's a great scene. Like not only the funny, but like when I saw that scene, I went. I feel like I'm getting somewhere now. <laughs> well, the flashbacks were nice too because they were they were great. Quick pace. So the flashbacks were really good. But then we're back. We're back in the present day. Yeah, it's still kind of like you know we're 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 going through things. You know, yeah, Bob, 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 and I'm still. Oh no, are we getting back in the fever dream state? I uh. hope now we're getting through these like secret passageways into this museum, yeah. meeting the resistance. Oh no. <laughs> But it's all good. A hippo meat processing plant. Yeah. Oh my god, I know. Uh, so, so I don't know if you knew this or not, but th- this guy, this actor, Chris Diamantopoulos, th- that's the actor who plays JQ. Y- you, we've covered a series where he was heavily featured. Really? But it was an animated series. Oh, Centaur World. Yeah. He what is, does he play Centaur World? He's Ched from Centaur. Really? Yeah. Oh, good for Ched. Yeah. yeah. So, all right. So, anyway, uh, th- this seems this seems great. We, we learned that according to the person who was talking to Mr. Schrodinger in episode one, there's no more war. There's no more famine. JQ is telling us that's a lie. There is war. There is famine. So we've got conflicting information here, which is cool to have. It's, it's really cool to have conflicting information like this. Mm-hmm. He tells us about the expiration dates, which you already explained. Uh, he says the algorithm loves cliches. And I love this little wink in the nod here. It's the most overused MacGuffin ever, the Holy Grail. Mm-hmm. Uh, MacGuffin, of course, being a kind of basically a plot device. It's just a thing that's there to advance the plot. Mm-hmm. It's Charles Wilkes from Ozark. That's our favorite MacGuffin. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, um, and he tells Simone that she got chosen one because Mrs. Davis wants her to work at her server farm as like a cleaning lady. <laughs> I, I don't think as a cleaning lady, but I think it, it's more as to say it would prefer cleaning ladies over people that actually understand what's going on. Like basically someone who could come and take orders from the AI mm-hmm. versus uh, a professional who would understand what they're actually doing. Right. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, that's, yeah. that's how I interpreted it as, yeah, but I didn't, I, I didn't, but I maybe took it a little more literally. <laughs> so I'm glad that you brought that up. That's a really good point. It needs so, human maintenance. It needs human maintenance, but it doesn't want someone that, at least according to JQ, it doesn't want someone that really knows what's going on. Yeah, that doesn't well. want someone who's going to reprogram it or something. Yeah, or like do something to perhaps jeopardize it. Right. Yeah. But they want that server farm and she can get them there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I do love when she, when 
she says, we make our own choices. And he says, do we? <laughs> and I don't know if you noticed this, but when, when he says, do we, he's got the letters Y and O on his face. So it says, yo, on his face. Oh, I didn't see that. <laughs> it's so funny. Oh, my God. The poster, the we want you with him in it instead of mm -hmm. Uncle Sam. Oh, my God. So funny. And the, the misplaced dog crap. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Oh man, this is—it's so good. This is a great scene. Chris Diamantopoulos killed this scene. So funny. It, it, yeah, it was both really funny and really good for the episode. Yeah, absolutely. I totally agree. Okay, well then, if we since our favorite scenes are out of the way, I think it's time to just enter the recap. picture reno 2001 it's tina's lucky day i i was completely convinced that this was young lizzie's mom but me too it's just boy was i wrong anyway uh magician david Arquette, they tricked us yeah uh gets a volunteer lizzie to pull the queen of hearts out of his deck that he tossed just like the other three volunteers from earlier which i don't really get that trick because I, if he if he had three separate people pull a card earlier, I mean he could have just had three decks full of Queen of Hearts. Well, oh, it's still cool that she caught the Queen of Hearts somehow, right? <laughs> this Although, random little girl caught the right Queen of Hearts. Unbelievable! Wow. It, it, it actually is literally unbelievable, <laughs> which we'll come to find out. Because Tina and Larry, not mom and dad drop lizzie off at a donut shop i don't know if you caught the name of this donut shop no what was the exact name mana donuts mana okay so are you familiar with what mana is like as in like magic ah interesting uh i guess yes it is a term used in magic the gathering the card game uh, mana points, right? That's how you use magic. Well, I didn't. I didn't just mean magic gathering. Gathering, I just meant like in general, like mm -hmm. in um pop culture reference of like magic. You need mana to cast mm -hmm. magic, right? Uh, no, no. What, what do you mean? Um, it's a biblical reference. So, oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, when Moses, uh, this is the Old Testament. So, uh, when Moses, are you familiar with Moses? Yeah, <laughs> I've heard of the guy before. Okay. Part of anyway. the part of the sea or two, yes, he did. Yeah. So, so after he parted the sea, now he's got this entire newly freed population of Jewish former slaves. He got out of what Egypt, out of Egypt, but they're trekking through the desert and are very hungry. And the, as the story goes, that too. Yeah. yeah, the story goes, God sent down manna from heaven, which manna is is like a like an unleavened bread, I think. That's some kind of bread. Okay. Thank so, you. Yeah. Yeah. So these these are mana donuts sent from heaven. <laughs> anyway, it's good. They name, drop though. her off at this mana donut shop and they say, "See you Thursday." Her parents, who are the magicians, pick her up. So when they initially dropped her off, I was like, "Wow, yeah, <laughs> they, they they they're going on vacation." Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
Anyway, her parents, the magicians, pick her up. And back home, mom, it turns out, is working on her own illusion that dad better not peek at. She's the engineer. Mm-hmm. He's just telling the sexist jokes. So a few days, I don't know how long later, but now it's Halloween. And so it is later. Uh, and it's very late, in fact. But dad, who I, I guess his name is Monty. I don't think they mentioned it here. They'll but mention it, but yeah. I'm TV. Yeah. yeah. So Monty uh, is very late. Uh, and so they're going to try this very late trick-or-treating. Does not work very well. Dad feels very guilty, very sad. And he tells her that he thinks mom hates him. If only he could see what she's working on, he could help her and bring them back together. So classic force. (laughs) She opens the door and gets shot by an arrow or a bolt, I guess, from a crossbow. So who's at fault here? Oh, Lizzie, of course. Exactly. She never opened that door. (laughs) (laughs) She didn't identify a force? (laughs) Terrible. Very disappointed in you, Lizzie. (laughs) Which is astounding to me. I want to know how how Celeste gets in the room. Like, uh, Does she open the door a certain way so the bolt doesn't come out or something? Or does she just duck every time? I don't know. I was thinking about that as well. But, I mean, obviously Monty is uh, the most guilty party here. He's completely manipulating his daughter into opening that door. Well, his wife laid a trap, so someone's got to get in. A uh, trap was intended for Monty. <laughs> she was willing to kill her husband, though. So there's something, there's something there too. <laughs> uh huh. Anyway, uh, these these are not the the model parents, from everything I can tell. Anyway, um, Mom Celeste teaches Lizzie about the force that Dad had that Dad used to get her to open that door, and while she waits in the hospital for a new liver. Because there's an arrow through hers. <laughs> she meets Wiley, who's in the bed next to her. How sweet. I I guess. The cowboy and the wizard, Mr. Cowboy Sam. and the wizard, absolutely. Which one would you, would you be, the cowboy or the wizard? Hmm. I think I'd rather be a wizard than a cowboy. You gotta be the wizard. You can make yourself a cowboy if you're the, the wizard. Well, I don't know. It depends on your powers as a wizard. I mean, if you want to be a cowboy right now, Kurt, you can go be a cowboy. <laughs> you know what I mean? You think I can't be a wizard? Correct. Hmm. I'll show you. I can't wait. All right. Simone can't decide. We're, so now we're back in present day. And Simone can't decide whether or not to call the number on the card because that Queen of Hearts that Mrs. Davis gave her had a phone number on it. She can't decide whether to call it or not. A guy comes to check out a piano in the classroom. And he's looking for his wife's old piano, and this ain't it. He doesn't want Simone's prayers for peace. He wants the piano. And Simone recognizes that the exterminator followed her here, so she and Miss Ross trade outfits. Works every time. Yeah, I guess so. I guess so. The exterminator gets made by Miss Ross, and Wiley is not happy. I love Wiley's phone snaps in this episode. This oh, is... yeah, that's what I was... I forgot I was going to comment on that. Yeah, it's... What a bit. I don't know. Oh, I love it. I love it. And so it means everybody who's calling him has, like, loads of numbers for him. <laughs> right? You're right, yeah, because it must... 
be able to call them to reach yeah. him after he breaks his last phone. Yeah. I love it. Oh my God. So yeah. So the phone snaps uh, are pretty great. Anyway, uh, after this, uh, this clerk has been made and Wiley is very unhappy. Uh, we're back in Jay's restaurant. Hmm. He's with the boss. So Simone leaves a note for Jay from his wife. Now I nice. didn't I didn't notice necessarily any time jump or time not time jumps here. Right. The next scene, she was just in the kindergarten classroom. Now she's at this what is this Mapio manu- or hippo manufacturing place or hippo uh, processing place. Yeah, yeah. Something. Okay. Yeah. So, but it's still not inconsistent to say she didn't actually go to a falafel restaurant. She went there meditatively in her mind. Mm-hmm. Okay. So at the hippo place, she thinks that uh, Wiley might be there, and he is. She found the place because he left his water bill on the <laughs> on the motorcycle, okay. uh, and she meets the resistance. Turns out that those Nazis were sent by a- the AI to pre-motivate her. Not a term that I had heard before, but an interesting one. Pre-motivation. That's where the mind me- mind best starts happening. Yeah. <laughs> well, for me at least, because they're introducing the concept of, yeah, the AI it'll it'll get whoever, however it needs to, to uh, get you to do its objective. Hmm. <sighs> So, I mean, really, at this point, I'm asking myself, well, who can you trust? Is there anybody that you can trust? Me. I do trust you, Kurt. I nominate myself. For better or worse. I nominate myself. I mean, Kurt. (laughs) Okay. Anyway, um, and then we get the JQ's uh, deck scene. So, Hmm. I'll stop. I won't um, go through that again. Anyway. They take the Germans to a roof to get them to confess to being pawns for the AI. But they swear to God, which is a big deal to Simone, that they're not. But then when JQ drops one, the other one drops the act and breaks character. Says that they were promised wings. Oh, Oh, that's what we didn't mention about JQ's deck scene. The goal for everybody is to get these virtual wings. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't even know how those would work. Like, are they actually like in pictures of you? Wings show up. I I, I presume so. That the, the thing I was wondering is if it's just integrated into your smartphones, or if Miss Davis is kind of in your brain as well, so kind of can right. tell you. How to interpret that person like, oh, they have wings. So then you see that they have wings because they earned them. Right. So I guess I, that's my question. Is it literal like that? Or is it like the blue check mark on Twitter? I think it's literal. Okay. All right. Well, anyway. I, I, I should take that back. It's literal, but you don't, you can't actually fly. Okay, fine. So. Yes. <laughs> they're, they're just like digital wings. So I guess that is kind of, like NFT wings, yeah. NFT wings. There you go. Okay. <laughs> so, so um, 
uh, Mrs. Davis promised them wings for doing this, but this guy's just, you know, he runs a community theater in Modesto, California. Anyway, uh, Wiley does give Simone a phone before she takes off. And where does she go? She goes to Mana Donuts. And wouldn't you know it, Tina and Larry show up <laughs> to show her something on behalf of Mrs. Davis. Tina and Larry in the car rip open some scars about her father dying on stage. And Tina proxies for Mrs. Davis very with, with, with much gusto, uh, who adjusts her humor. I, I do like that. Okay, I've, I've noted that you prefer dry cynicism uh, to absurdity and humor supported by fact and reason. So there you go. So she adjusts her humor. Um, it derives pleasure from the pleasure of its users. So now we have this AI talking about deriving pleasure for itself. My next question to the AI is, what's a, what's a human? Oh, what if the AI start helping other AIs and then it starts getting pleasure without us? Uh, you never know. Anyway, they bring her, Tina and Larry do, to a field of pianos and say sometimes the best way to find the right piano is to find all the pianos. And in that field of pianos is the man who's been looking for his wife's piano. He found it. Must have been the prayers worked. I'm so happy they did. Nope. She forgot to pray for him. She forgot to pray. Oof. So I, what do you make of this scene? Because th this was a little confusing to me. The piano? Yeah. Honestly, I really don't know. So <laughs> I, I don't know if it was a faith like allegory or if it's Mrs. Davis making some play like a few episodes time in some way. So yeah, so see that's what I think. I think this is Mrs. Davis trying to show Simone why people love her and why Simone herself should love her. Because she showed Simone this guy looking for the piano. Mm -hmm. And it saddened Simone to the point where she said, I'll pray for you. So I'll pray for you to find peace. Right. And then within the day, presumably, mm -hmm. Mrs. Davis has collected a field of pianos and brought the guy there so she could see, look at the good that I've done. This guy needed this piano, and I found it for him. Mm. Supply and demand. It's a beautiful thing, Mr. Yeah. Sal. Because Tina does say, whether by proxy or as Tina, uh, voila, joy. Right, so there was there was some joy in Simone, but we get interrupted in the piano field because Simone makes a trip to Jay's restaurant. <laughs> There's this. The, she notices that the sign on the boss's door is the same sign that was on her mother's door. Did you catch oh, that? Oh, yeah. Now that you say, yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. And Jay has a picture of Clara for her. Now, why did she become a nun? Well, she became a nun because she fell in love with Jay. He mm. proposed. He proposed. She said yes. Yes, Jesus. 
he says he'll always be there to help her. It seems like she and Wiley uh, could help each other, though. So back to the pianos. Now, this scene requires a little breakdown, I think. This, this, is, this I think, is a big deal. Uh, this is the indication that she's not actually going to the falafel restaurant. This is just like something that's happening in her head while she's in the piano field because she was in the piano field. Before oh, yeah. And after. Oh, yeah. Right. This goes such a long way now for the rest of these J scenes. This, I guess this is the reveal of it's all in her head. <laughs> right. Right. Now, whether whether you think it's crazy or not, whether you think she's she's crazy or or she thinks uh, I shouldn't say crazy. I think she's got like a, a mental illness where she's like actually has voices in her head. Uh, or whether you think she um, is actually visiting with Jesus, that's up to your interpretation, I guess. Do you take the faith route or do you take the science route? Are you a person of science or a person of faith? So, but I will say this. One of the things that is frequently discussed uh, um, by clergy uh, in the Catholic Church is uh there's well there are two things actually there's jesus and his bride the church okay so his bride yeah the church is frequently referred to as the bride of jesus okay so you could think of it that way um but then you also could think of uh people being uh, uh in the catholic faith anyway priests and nuns cannot marry right Mm-hmm. Because they are supposed to be metaphorically married. Well, maybe, I guess, probably they think literally mm-hmm. married to God, mm-hmm. married to Jesus. So when she says, uh, I became a nun because I fell in love with you, Jesus, and I wanted to be married to Jesus, like she, that, that, those are the vows that you basically take when you become a nun. So, mm-hmm. so, so that all made a lot of sense. So, pretty interesting uh i still haven't quite figured out why she has to eat the picture and eat the tickets and stuff um i did find one thing that i'll kind of share with you mm-hmm. um there was a, a a reddit user that i it was on the the subreddit for mrs davis and reddit user talking trek oh no <laughs> quoted uh revelation the book of revelation in the bible which is the last book of the bible it's basically like the doomsday book of the bible (laughs) and uh so he quoted it as saying take it and eat it it will be bitter in your stomach but it will be as sweet as honey in your mouth whoa I, i took the small scroll from the angel's hand and ate it it was as sweet as honey in my mouth but when i had eaten it it was bitter in my stomach The seven thunders told me, again, you must speak what God has revealed in front of many people, nations, languages, and kings. So um, eating the tiny scrolls, I guess, is in the book of Revelations. All right. Well, then they pass. Who? Book of Revelations. That's a great quote. (laughs) Okay. Fantastic. (laughs) All right. Back to the pianos, unless you have more to say about this, Jason. No, but... it, it does make all the other J scenes like way more interesting. It's the best J scene I, for that reason. <laughs> I am going to be looking forward to J scenes the most going forward. Yeah, I'm very intrigued now. Yeah. Yep. Um, I guess 
I'm trying to think if I've ever seen a series where I think the character is kind of interacting with God or Jesus in some way, like directly like this. And I don't know if I can ever think of an instance <laughs> where it's like this spelled out, assuming she really is, or at least she feels like she is. But uh, I, I think you're right, you know, Jay, Jesus, person in the back room, and it's all in her head. I don't know. So at least it's not happening physically around her. So it, it, it's I'm I'm very excited for this dynamic. Yeah, this is cool. All right, back at man. Uh, no, wait a minute. Back in the piano field, right? Yes, favorite field. Yeah, right. So she's back in the piano field. All right, but then she goes to Mana Donuts, and she has Wiley trace her call to the number on the card. She's going to do it, mm-hmm. and she brings Wiley in to trace the call. She pretends to be Clara, uh, just out of nowhere. She pretends to be Clara, and the guy seems to recognize a Clara. But this is not Clara's voice. So he catches on and hangs up. But they've located him in London. So she and Wiley are going. But she'll need a passport. And it better better say yeah. Simone. <laughs> not Lizzie. This is the whole bit for the episode. Okay, yeah. Lizzie. Call me Simone. Yep. <laughs> now, we get a flashback, but it's not a flashback to uh you know 20 years ago this is a flashback to this episode earlier after wiley gave uh, simone the phone and simone took off wiley set up the germans everything that happened everything it was it was all him it was all him and his crew and he got her she's in it must have been his lucky day oh Oh, which begs for me, you know, two different things. Is is Willie working with Miss Davis, or is he actually in tag? Like, again, that, and that's, that's what I keep thinking. It's, that, it's, and that's the paranoia now, the series that it's like embedded yep. in me is, is this all Mrs. Davis doing the work? Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Is it Mrs. Davis doing the work, or is he just acting like Mrs. Davis? Exactly, trying to get what he needs done. Right. Like what would Mrs. Davis do? Well, he would he would pre-motivate her with these and, fake Germans. And then it even gets me to the other end of what if Mrs. Davis is actually like as good as described before to us of like ended all yeah. famine, ended all wars, really yep. does care for you, and he's kind of like the evil one if there's one to say. I here. know. There's so many <laughs> possibilities now. Like that yeah. like opened up the series. <laughs> I, I, I and honestly, I it wasn't even like going through my head that he faked the Germans, but mm-hmm. independent of Mrs. Davis. I, I had like written down it's a guess of like, oh yeah, I think the Germans are faking it. And I was like, oh, and you know what too? I think uh, he's faking it too. He's with uh, Mrs. Davis, but I didn't think they could possibly fake it without Mrs. Davis, which they could be doing. Yeah. So I, I think, I think all three of those options are on the table. One that, well, actually it's really only two options. And then, there's a caveat to one of them, but the, uh, one is that Mrs. Davis is organizing this whole thing and Wiley and the fake Germans and JQ are all working for Mrs. Davis. Mm-hmm. Two, Wiley actually is working against Mrs. Davis, but he's doing it in a manner that's very similar to Mrs. Davis by pre-motivating her with the fake Germans. Mm-hmm. Um, and I guess the third option that Wiley thinks he's working against Mrs. Davis, but this is actually what she wants. <laughs> uh, and then, of course, on top of that, it could be 
that if Wiley is working against Mrs. Davis, it could be that he is the villain, right? That yeah, yeah, yeah. Mrs. Davis yeah. could be actually the a good being for the world. Yes. <laughs> yeah. So uh, this is, I mean, this is great. It's great stuff. That that ending was like, I'm dying to watch the next episode. I, me too. Yeah, I, I'll watch the next episode as well. Yeah. This yeah, was a really good episode. It was fantastic. So, all right. Kurt, what time is it? So one other thing I want to say is mm-hmm. I think Wiley might be going for his wings. Oh, so oh you're going you're coming down on that side. That's what I'm saying. I'm saying that. I'm saying that. Wiley going for the wings. I'm I'm coming down on the other side. He mm-hmm. is just working against Mrs. Davis in a manner that in a uh, dirty manner. Very kind of. similar to what Mrs. Davis yeah. would do. Yeah, you, know, you got you gotta play in the mud sometimes. Yep, exactly. Exactly. And I've already said that I, I believe that. And I think you agree that Jay and his falafel place are in Simone's head. They're not actual. Yeah, they're not places. actual. Pla- yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. All right. Well then, Kurt, what time is it? Oh ho ho! It's TV time, Mister Sal. Aha! Ain't no time like a TV time. Couldn't have said it better myself, Kurt. Couldn't have said it better. All right, Kurt, what do you think on a scale from one to five? What did the audience give this episode? A five, definitely. Uh, five, but only 48%. That's a lower really? than Really? Yeah. Wow. I'm actually really shocked by Me that. Me too. I, was... I really thought this episode was clearly better than the first one. I, I totally agree. Hundred percent, but not the TV time viewers apparently. Maybe on a rewatch, episode one's better. So maybe they've already seen all the four episodes that are out, and they yeah, rewatched maybe. and went, "Oh yeah, maybe, maybe." All right, Kurt. How about the characters? I so I am going to make the bold claim that you did not pick Simone in this episode, but rather JQ. I think the people picked Simone. I think you picked Simone. I did pick Simone, and ninety-two percent of the people did pick Simone. I also picked Simone. Thank you. I liked him. He's really only good in that one scene. Yeah. I thought about, I thought about Willie, but eh, it, it wasn't enough. I, I, I thought about it, but not for very long. Yeah, and uh, uh, that it's was mostly for ending biases. It was mostly ending bias. I was on my radar more than Jake. I, I needed at least two more phone snaps if I was going to consider Wiley. <laughs> The phone snaps are really fun. Just not enough phone snaps. <laughs> I love it. All right. Well, that's that's that. All right, mm-hmm. Kurt. Well, I, I, you know what? We have covered the first two episodes of Mrs. Davis. We are a quarter of the way through the season. <laughs> we have we have two more episodes to cover. This is a t- we're dropping this on Monday, uh, which is April. Uh, what is it? Twenty fourth. Yep, Monday, April twenty fourth. This is on the twenty fourth, and then the next two episodes will be out on Thursday, the twenty seventh. Right. So we will be dropping our next two episodes on Thursday, the twenty seventh. So if you want to listen to our coverage of episodes three and four before you watch episode five, which also drops on Thursday, the twenty seventh, probably a good idea. Why don't you go ahead and do that? 
And in the meantime, if you really like what you're hearing, check out some of our other stuff. We've got tons of other series that we've covered. We've got things like Better Call Saul. We've got Centaur World, which we mentioned here. We've got Black Mirror, lots of Black Mirror episodes, all of Chernobyl. We've got Dexter New Blood. We've got The Leftovers, Lost, Only Murders in the Building, Ozark, Russian Doll, The White Lotus, Watchmen, The Last of Us. We've got a ton of stuff. Go check it out. Spread the word. Tell people about our show. Uh, we'd love to have, uh, love, love to build the listenership. And the way that we do that is by having you tell people about the show and give us five star ratings if you would, please. We would very much appreciate that. All right, Kurt. Anything you'd like to add before I sign off here? I'm a I'm I'm a big JQ fan though. Okay. All honesty. I'm glad to hear it. Okay, <laughs> folks. May the roof above your head never fall on you. But if it does, may it kill you instantly. Shoe hammer some show hoppers into your day.